Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience here on VSIN, the sports betting network. A little bit moved up for those of you guys who are listening live. If you're listening to a replay, well, you're getting the replay a little bit sooner than expected, but. With that said, what we've got this hour is a lot of college talk as we're going to be leaving things off, taking a look at college basketball. Hopefully we can get a little bit warmer with the DK Nation picks as it's been a little bit of a rough stretch, but everyone has them and we're going to work our way through them. And I think we've got a winner for Friday and we're also going to be talking some college football. Mark Zeno does tremendous work over there. Picks wise, he's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking some rivalry week with him. So we've got all that going on and we're going to be bringing up my Circa Millions card either towards back of this hour, or probably move it to hour number three. As I am doing this live, we do not know if the Vikings hit or did not. So hopefully we will have a resolution by the end of the show. And then we're able to know if it's 1-0 or 0-1 going into what we're going to be getting on Sunday. But that said, that is going to be coming up a little bit later. And what is coming up right now is some college basketball. As in the previous hour, I was taking a look at some of the games for the Emerald Coast Classic happening out there in Niceville, Florida. And, well, it is very nice that we've got this action, so very fitting name there. And we've got this game that I'm writing up in terms of 883-884. We're going to go with one of the bigger games on the day. We're not going to be going with one of the mid-major games today, but we've got Iowa and Clemson doing battle. And with Iowa, they are an eight-point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 148 and 149. And what I like here is Iowa laying the eight points. I felt like they should have been a double-digit favorite with Iowa. 
This has been a absolutely tremendous offense, which we have seen before. It's no shock that Iowa has been able to get things flowing on all cylinders as it has been the passing of the torch from Keegan Murray to Chris Murray that has led to this. Keegan Murray last season while he was at Iowa was pumping in there 21 half points, six foot eight combo player was shooting it well from three, seven to eight rebounds per game. Guess what Chris Murray is doing? 23.8 points, eight rebounds, shooting 47.5% from three-point range, and he headlines a group of five different players for Iowa, averaging at least 10 points per game. And what always makes this Iowa offense so good is that, I mean, they shoot it well, but at the same time, it's not like they go into, like, inferno mode, shooting north of 40% from three or anything like that. They just do the little things well. In terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis, they rank number one in all of college basketball. They shoot about 77% at the free throw line. They just do those little things very well. And they're going up against a, a Clemson defense that they rank 75th in the country in terms of turnovers on a, or in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They themselves do a good job of protecting the ball. They're 30th in the country and fewest turnovers on a per possession basis as well. But you take a look at the start of the season for Clemson, and it's not like they necessarily played murderous row. They played against the Citadel. They actually lost to South Carolina, a South Carolina team that going to be a rough year out there in the SEC for them. USC Upstate, Bellarmine, and Loyal Maryland. I think we actually need to give a little bit of credit where credit is due. This is a Bellarmine team that they've knocked off Louisville this season. Louisville, not what they used to be, but they, they got the win, so you give them a little bit of credit. They've been hanging in quite a few games as they actually played against Duke, and they played them relatively competitively, so... I'll give them a little bit of something there, but needless to say, want to see a little bit more out of this Clemson team as for the Tigers, they've got PJ Hall back in fold after he was missing towards the beginning part of the season. He still doesn't necessarily look 100%. He underwent some lower body ailments and he's been able to give the team 10.5 points down from last season in terms of his rebounds at six foot ten, three boards per contest, but he's someone that's able to stretch the floor. He's able to pop a few threes, so that certainly helps out this team who has really been... Doing a solid job for the team has been Chase Hunter. Up to 16 points, nearly four and a half assists per game, shooting a very unsustainable 68.5% from three-point range that is most likely going to be going downward and for Iowa. The question always is with this team, can they play even a lick of defense? Because with Iowa, they always are doing a solid job with their offense, but they always have that one game, whether it be in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, where the offense fails them and Guess what? They've got Casper, the friendly ghost on defense, who's not guarding anyone, and that's never necessarily too terrific. But Iowa, thus far this season, they've been able to force 70 turnovers per game. They're doing a better job of being able to generate some of these steals. I like the backcourt of this team. They don't necessarily have as many scores in the backcourt. You've got some like a Tony Perkins, who is able to give you 13 points per game, but he's a good on-ball defender. Some like Peyton Sanford, just a guy that knows his role. Aaron Euless, these are guys that I really like because they're sort of lunch pail, just bring your guts to work sort of guys. And they do a very solid job there. And that's something I could get behind with this Iowa team, because that is always what is lacking with this bunch. And I feel like it's a little bit of a different Iowa team. I am not willing to say that this is going to be the team that makes that big NCAA tournament run as in the McCaffrey era over at Iowa. They have yet to make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. We shall see if that turns around the season, but what we do know about Iowa is typically when it comes to regular season, they have been very, very trustworthy. And I think that they're going to be continuing to be trustworthy in this circumstance. I was willing to set them more around an 11 point favorite. So 
I'm going to be willing to lay the number. In terms of the total, I set it at a 145 and a half. You do have a Clemson team that they're looking to play much more slowly. And we even saw Iowa. They were able to get to right around 149, 150 in that game against Seton Hall. But they were slowed down by a Seton Hall team that does a good job of themselves playing quite a bit of defense. You saw them be able to take down Memphis on Thanksgiving in a very nice drag about sort of game. So it's a circumstance where I look at the under my right up though. It is going to be on the side. It is going to be based around Iowa laying eight points. So we've got a very fun one that is going to be happening out there in the great state of Florida there. This one, if you appreciate offense, probably not for you. If you're someone that you like some defense, this is a game for you though. 891, 892. We go to the Bahamas. It is North Texas. They're playing against San Jose State. San Jose State, anywhere between an eight and a half and a nine point underdog with a total of between 119 and 120. And I've got my total a little bit higher. I was willing to set it at a 121 and a half because I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a closer game. I set my number more around five and a half with North Texas. North Texas does have Tyler Perry back in the fold, and that is massive for them because with Mr. Perry, Last season, he was the team's top scorer, being able to give the team about 13 and a half points per contest, shot over 40% from three. When North Texas took that just terrible loss against St. Mary's, they started that game one of 22 from the floor, but that was without our good friend Tyler Perry. No, not the man that has entertained us for many years on great films on the silver screen, but a little bit of a different Tyler Perry. And when it comes to what you're able to get down low, Osman Usman, he's been able to do a very solid job for this North Texas team, Abdul Usman right around about six rebounds per game last season. He's able to give you a block per game, but I really like what I'm seeing out of the San Jose State team. And with San Jose State, what is big for them is that they brought in Tim Miles during the offseason last year, and he's really been able to implement his style. This is a San Jose State team that they themselves are at home playing very, very slowly. They're efficient on offense. They're inefficient on defense, but you've got that set sheet suffer in Amari Moore. Moore has been able to give the team 16 points, six half boards, three and a half assists per game. And he led the team in every major category last season. The three that I just mentioned, along with steals and blocks, he is back at the fold. And you've got a lot of guys with size and versatility. Some like a Tibet Graner, who has come in from the country of Turkey, began his career at Arizona, eight points per contest, canning 45% of his threes. Sage Tolbert, he enters from Temple. He's been able to pop a few threes this year, 10 points, nine and a half rebounds per game. Ibram Diallo, he's a little bit more of a back-to-the-basket traditional low-post player that comes in from Ohio State, but he last season was able to give the team seven rebounds per game. If you're able to get Trey Anderson going, he's been off to a little bit of a rough start this season, but still been able to give the team right around six points, four boards, and is going to make this team all the more dangerous. And for San Jose State, they're finally pulling out some of those games as they went on the road, and it doesn't sound like much, but... Getting a road win against Northern Colorado. That is relatively solid for them. They played very competitively against Hofstra, a game which both teams were able to get to 70 in that one as well. I do think that you've got a circumstance where Hofstra, or to where to where San Jose State is going to be able to hold in this game. North Texas loses quite a few pieces from last season. North Texas very good on defense, but at the same time, they do have a Good three-point shooter in Mr. Tyler Perry. That should be able to give them the difference needed, but I think San Jose State is going to be able to do a solid job on the glass. I'm willing to take the points with San Jose State. Set my total, like I said, at a 121.5. Not that I think that this is going to be some sort of a 90-85 to 85 drag them out sort of game or anything like that, but I think the total has gotten down just a little bit too low, so I'm going to be willing to take a look at this total over 
How about if we take a look at a team that's been very good to the under? We have mentioned IUPUI so many times, but we've seen IUPUI actually explode with their offense last few days, so I've got to alert you to this team. Eastern Illinois against Ohio. This is 835-836 on the board. Eastern Illinois between a 17.5 to an 18-point underdog. Tom's game is 133 to 133.5. Eastern Illinois in their last 32 games against Division One competition. So this throws out the games that they play against some of those, shall we say, baloney non-D1 teams, but they have scored 68 points or fewer in 31 out of their last 32. It's been really bad for this Eastern Illinois team as they are currently towards the bottom of all of college basketball and points scored on a per possession basis. They rank 354th in free throw shooting percentage, 346th in three-point shooting percentage, 360th in two-point shooting percentage. This team just stinks all across the board. Defense has honestly not been terrible with this team. They've been okay at being able to guard the arc, so they're actually a really good team for the under because you've got Yakima Rose and Keenan Hodges. These guys have been able to combine for about 21 points per contest. Nobody else at Eastern Illinois is averaging more than 6.3 points per game, and you don't have anyone rebounding for this team. You really have no size, and for Ohio, You've got someone in Dwight Wolfson III in terms of rebounds on a permanent basis while he was at James Madison final year there, was in the top 10 in all of college basketball. I think Eastern Illinois is going to get quite overwhelmed in what is going to be a sad defensive slog. I'm going to be looking to lay up to 19 here with Ohio. And when it comes to the total, I set my total closer to a 127. So that is the under team I'm looking at now. Eastern Illinois to go along with Ohio and coming up next. We shall see if we're able to get some overs and unders in terms of college football. And the man to help me out with that, Mark Zeno, picks wise, right here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. You do not have to wait until after Turkey Day to be able to score a great Black Friday deal with VSIN because new VSIN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VSIN store. With VSIN Pro Access, you get a daily recap of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are for every single game, deep dives on daily betting reports, plus our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl guides. The VSIN store is a great place to shop. For VEASAN Sports Betting, hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited-time Black Friday offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports holiday gift at VEASAN.com. subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by Mark Zeno. Does amazing work over there at PixWise, their main college football guru. And, Mark, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, happy Thanksgiving to you, one and all, and great to be with you as always. It is great to have you aboard. And, Mark, as we know, Thursday, not a lot of college football. Egg Bowl is always fun, but with that said, things really get started in terms of the Friday card, and it really builds to a fever pitch on Saturday. But in terms of the Friday card, not necessarily as much there, but is there a game or two that you really have your eye on that you think is going to be fascinating from either a maybe bowl perspective or just a team that you think is a little bit over slash undervalued? Well, give me Missouri on Friday, taking the points here against Arkansas. I mean, you know, Arkansas has been an up and down team all year long, but Missouri, you know, is much better kind of, I don't want to say much better, but they're better than what their record has shown this year. Remember they lost a tight game to Auburn. They, their defense has really stepped up. They've been able to keep games a lot closer than normal. Not sure Arkansas has much to play for in this game here, but Missouri would be plenty motivated to try to get themselves, you know, into a bowl and certainly, uh, you know, look, look for an upset here on the outright, but I'll take the points as well. Yep. With this game, I think that it's so interesting. You've had an Arkansas team of which, it felt like there was just a little bit more expected of them than they have been able to deliver this season. And then when it comes to this game, I think that's fascinating as well. Baylor versus Texas, the two most recent victims of TCU, both teams that played one score games against TCU and with Texas right now, finding them as an eight to an eight and a half point favorite totals anywhere between 55 and 56. And with Texas at the opening number of seven, I felt like that was relatively correct. I feel like it's starting to get away from them a little bit. Do you feel like there's a little bit of value here on Baylor or a Texas team that it just feels like all the breaks have went against them are going to be able to rise up and be able to put a hurting on Baylor in this one? Well, you got to look at what Baylor had to expend last week in a game against TCU where they led for the entire game with the exception of a stretch 
for five minutes in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and then went ahead and took the lead early in the fourth quarter and then didn't lose the lead again until obviously the very last second of the game. So I wonder how much emotional energy Baylor had to expend in this game to go on the road to UT. I mean, I would think that UT, for the most part, would be a little bit more motivated in this game to sort of increase their stature as Steve Sarkeesian would be as a head coach there to try to continue to get them to look a little bit more impressive when it comes to bowl selection. But yeah, I mean, I would lean on Texas here. No real strong play on either side. But again, I think Baylor kind of uh, blew their emotional wad, if you will, in that game against TCU. Yep, I don't blame you there. This one is going to be, in my opinion, the biggest that we're going to be seeing. We've really got two big ones, and the one that is going to be happening out there in the Midwest between Michigan and Ohio State. Massive in terms of the college football playoff. Right now, we're seeing Ohio State get back to an eight-point favorite on a lot of books. We were seeing this at 7.5 about 24 hours ago. Totals anywhere between 56 and 56.5. I like Michigan getting the points, but I, what I really like here is the under. Going to be another nice, cold, blustery day out there in the Midwest. And when it comes to this Michigan team, I feel like they just have the best defense that Ohio State has seen all season long. Blake Corum being out of the fold also is going to cause Michigan's offense to probably be a little bit disjointed. Not sure if you've got any sort of strong play here, but what I'm really looking at, since we actually have to pick one of these games for the recent best giving that we're doing, I'm sort of looking at the under in this play as being my big one. Yeah, I, I can't argue against the under, but I mean, for me, I locked in with Ohio State minus seven and a half. Look, if Blake Corum goes in this game, at a minimum, we know he's not going to be 100%. And that's terribly going to affect Michigan's offense. And this was sort of something that sort of stood out to me. I mean, objectively, when you look at both of these offenses, which team more likely has the quarterback that can carry them? Greg, look at it this way. Michigan has scored 51 touchdowns this year. J.J. McCarthy has thrown for just 14 of them. That's 30% of the touchdowns. Conversely, Ohio State has scored 68 touchdowns this year. C.J. Stroud has 35 of them. That's over 50%. So if, if we're looking at a situation here where the Michigan running game is going to be negated a little bit by Blake Corum, give me the better quarterback in this spot here. We know that Michigan has struggled to flat out win this game. It's a question of how close can they keep it. I just I, I can't go against Ohio State here at home in the horseshoe. I'll lay the seven and a half with the Buckeyes here, trusting that C.J. Stroud, knowing his Heisman vote is on the line as well, expects to have a very big game. Yep, and that quorum injury, I think, is absolutely massive because you just laid it out. Michigan, they very much rely upon that run game. Passing game, never been so great out there with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, but passing game out in USC is looking very, very good right now. They're going to be going up against Notre Dame. No doubt a big game for the playoff hopes of USC. And under the radar, Notre Dame, after a rough start to the year, they've really been able to bounce back. Credit where credit is due for the Fighting Irish. Right now with USC, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I feel like this is just a little bit correlated. If you like the over, you probably like USC. If you like the under, you probably don't like USC in this spot because USC just has not been able to play a lick of defense. Where do you stand on this game? Because it's a such a interesting battle of styles. Yeah, I mean, look, USC's been playing with fire almost every week now, and with the exception of the blowout win over Colorado, they've been in one-score games in four of their last five. I know how well Caleb Williams is playing. And speaking of, you know, Heisman votes, he's going to have to have another great game to be able to sort of keep himself on pace with C.J. Stroud. But, you know, both of these teams' offenses have been on fire lately. Notre Dame has scored 35 in five straight games. And Notre Dame has scored, I'm sorry, USC rather has scored at least 40 in four straight games. So let's look at this here from the standpoint of 
both of these teams are going to be able to score. And I don't trust USC's defense to be able to separate in this spot here. Give me Notre Dame plus five and a half to keep this thing close. There's nothing better than Notre Dame would rather do at this point than play spoiler. Um, and, and how much we talk about emotional energy, how much emotional energy did USC expend last week in beating UCLA by a field goal, their rival, that they might be a little bit slower in this game? If the line's over a field goal, give me Notre Dame plus the five, five and a half, wherever it is right now. Yep, I am feeling that way as well. I feel like this is going to be a classic field goal game. The more I look at it, the more that I like the points right now with Notre Dame. And I've got to throw out you this one. I am someone from the great state of Wisconsin. This is a battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. One of my favorite in college football is Wisconsin. Three-point favorites on the lot spot. DraftKings, I'm seeing with a lone three and a half right now with a total of... 36 to 36 and a half. So not necessarily so great being from where I am. I know that Wisconsin has completely dominated this rivalry. I like playing the three with Wisconsin in the spot. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but Wisconsin, I believe, has won like 19 out of the last 21 of these. It has been complete ownage over Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a question of which offense you really think actually can score more. Um and I don't know which offense I really want to trust. I haven't put a play on this game, but I'll tell you this much. I mean, that that total feels like it's going to be about right, given the weather conditions and everything else. I'm not sure you'll see a lot of scoring. I would look to the under here. There, there are cases, Greg, where you just don't fight it, right? When you see a two teams that are offensively inept like Michigan and Wisconsin and the defenses that excel the way they do, why fight it? Just take the under. Don't have a play on the side, but I would look to the under the 36. Yep, I don't blame you there. This is a pair of teams that they have been anemic on offense all season long. You throw in their bad weather, and you've got yourself a recipe for a really bad game. And we touched on the team from my neck of the woods. How about if we go to your state of Georgia? As it's Georgia versus Georgia Tech. And, man, you talk about strange lines, and here you go. Total of 49, with Georgia being between about a 35-and-a-half and a 36-point favorite. I mean, if you're going to be looking to lay it with Georgia, you probably either want to take a look at the over because they score 49 plus points or they just pound Georgia Tech into oblivion and they get zero. I don't recommend betting both the side of minus 35 slash 36 and also the under at the same time. I feel like you could do that with either way the full game over and or the team total under with Georgia Tech. But what are you saying on this? Well, you're right. It's a correlating bet situation. If you're taking Georgia here, you're going to take the over because you're, I mean, if you're, unless you're counting on Georgia to pitch a shutout here, right? Like that's essentially what it says. They're going to give up seven points or less. And then Georgia is going to be able to get into the high thirties and cover this number, right? Like that's kind of the, the math of the whole thing, the way it works out here. I wouldn't touch this game. It's, it's too big for me. I mean, Georgia almost, I guess, felt like a little bit of a look ahead spot last week against Kentucky, knowing that they can handily beat Georgia Tech. They had to win that last game to secure an undefeated season in their minds. So I, I can't lay the 36 here with Georgia. They've been bad in the red zone, and no one's really talked about that this year. Red zone offense overall, Georgia's the best in the nation because between they just put up points, right? It's not like they get down in that area and don't walk away with points. But when it comes to them scoring touchdowns, they fall way off the board here, uh, and that's why Kirby Smart, you saw it in the last game when he settled for three field goals, eventually went for it on fourth and go fourth and goal from the one-yard line because he's like, I've had enough of this. we got to find a way to get in the end zone, and they didn't do it. I don't think they're going to have that many problems against Georgia Tech, but Brent Key, the interim head coach for the Yellow Jackets, has these guys a little bit motivated here. Look, if Georgia Tech can get like 13, they're probably going to win. 
Yep, it should be interesting to take a look at that one as we go from college to the NFL next with Mark Zeno here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook with the World Cup in full swing. Now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers because if you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, you're going to be able to get a free $10 bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Mark Zeno. Does great work over at PicksWise. And Mark, we talked about the college slate in the last segment. Now let's dive into the NFL. I will lead off with this game. You're out there in the state of Georgia. You do a great job taking a look at the Falcons. And right now they're a four-point underdog against the Washington Commanders. And I've really liked what I've seen out of the Commanders recently. Taylor Heineke is far from the world's greatest quarterback or anything like that, but it just feels like they've got a different dynamic with them under center. Meanwhile, for the Falcons, started out very strong and they got it done against the Bears, but it feels like they always find themselves in very strange moments at quarter Patterson touchdown that he was able to return for. That was big for them last week. Where do you stand on this? Because the commanders are a team that I don't know how long they're able to sustain this, but I just don't want to fade them until I see them drop a game with Heineke. Well, you shouldn't fade them because, Greg, you could start a quarterback for Washington right now and still win a football game because the commander's defense is on fire. They have gotten this team back into the playoff hunt. Washington hasn't allowed a team in the last six weeks to score more than 20 points. They won five of their last six. The Falcons' offensive line is flat-out awful in pass protection, and the commander's front four should have a field day, especially now with Chase Young coming back. Plus, Atlanta is missing their best offensive weapon in Kyle Pitts. I'm not sure how they score in this game. I'll lay it with Washington, but I'll give you another angle here, Greg. When the team totals come out, if you somehow get Atlanta at 20 and a half, bang the under, because Atlanta is not going to get to more than 20 points in this game against this Washington defense, especially where Atlanta, who has been terrible on this road, on the road this year, they've only won one game. They're one and four. Give me the commanders. I'll lay all four of the points in the Falcons team total under. Yeah, with the Falcons, they just haven't had good quarterback play. If they had a little bit of better quarterback play, I could advocate for them a little bit more because the team has shown really good fight this season. They've been able to get a lot out of the ground game as well. Man, when you've got Marcus Mariota throwing the ball pretty much behind <laughs> behind himself, that's not necessarily what you want. And then no. we've got a similar line on this. Only the road team is favored with the Ravens and the Jaguars. We've actually seen a couple three and a half's populate on the Ravens as well, but mostly seeing them as a four point favorite totals anywhere between 43 and a half and 44 Ravens didn't look impressive last week against the Panthers to say the least, but they've had a double digit lead in every game. And with the Jaguars, I just need to see it at some point from them because there's been a lot of love for them ever since that win against the chargers ever since then, they've been a bit disappointing. I really like the Ravens laying between three and a half and four. Where do you stand on this one? I'm with you, Greg. It's a bad matchup for the Jaguars. You know, Ravens, one of the best rushing teams in the league. Jaguars in the last game out, give up nearly six yards per carry to a Kansas City Chiefs team that doesn't necessarily really run the ball all that well. Plus, the Ravens are one of the best run defenses in the league. That's going to force the Jaguars to rely on Trevor Lawrence to win the game. That's a huge advantage for the Ravens there. I'll lay the four or the three and a half, wherever the number is with the Ravens. I mean, 
I don't think that the Ravens' offensive performance last week is indicative of who they are. I think they get back to it this week on the ground. Lamar Jackson is a good game. Yep, I totally agree with you there. This is a Ravens team that I am very bullish on right now, and I'm pretty bullish on this team as well. The Seattle Seahawks, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. I just slide out think the Raiders have been overvalued all season long. Granted, they've been unlucky in one-score games. That's very fair to say, but this team has blown so many double-digit leads, and I think that it all comes back to the coaching. You've got a few really bad coaches in the NFL, but Nathaniel Hackett along Josh McDaniels, they're two of the worst that we've seen in quite some time, throwing their Urban Meyer from last year in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you've just got an incompetent trio right there over the last few seasons. But that said, I take a look at Seattle, like the way they're moving it. I think that Kenneth Walker is in for a big day, and that just home field advantage of the Seahawks, I always think is a little bit undervalued. The fans are absolutely amazing, and I really like the Seahawks, especially now getting three and a half instead of four. All right, Greg, what do you believe here about Seattle? Because their matchup in Germany against the Buccaneers may say that the root, the rose is coming off the bloom here, the bloom is coming off the rose, whatever you want to call it here. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, we've seen the Giants start to come back down to earth. Maybe Seattle might be start, start to be coming back down to earth as well. The Raiders are still playing with complete desperation to save their season. Both of these defenses are bad, so I think points are going to be scored. And if that's the case, I'll still trust the better quarterback and Derek Carr with the better weapons on the Raiders just because the number dictates it at Vegas plus three and a half here. I get all the reasons to take Seattle, but I don't know. I, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on the Seahawks. Are they really that good? Uh, are they really going to be able to keep pace with a team like San Francisco? I doubt it. I would take the points in this spot hesitantly. Uh, it's probably going to be a stay away game for me, but. Would it really surprise you if the Raiders only lost this game by a field goal? It wouldn't to me. Yeah, but when it comes to the Seahawks, certainly you've got to wonder if Geno Smith can continue this play because he's been in the league for a very long time, and now he's finally been able to burst onto the scene. We've seen a few guys in the past do it, but it's not a very common occurrence. And, well, this is not a very common occurrence. A Super Bowl champion being a 15.5-point underdog. As a matter of fact, it's never happened before, and that's what we're fighting with the Rams against the Kansas City Chiefs. All sorts of injury concerns with the Rams. Cooper Cup is currently on injured reserve. You've got Matthew Stafford that's dealing with an injury. So it might be Bryce Perkins, a pride of Virginia, who might be playing this game for the Rams with these double-digit favorites and more or less these favorites of seven points or more. They just have not been covering in the NFL this season, which is my lone trepidation. The Chiefs team should be able to just roll over the Rams. My lone trepidation here, can the Chiefs finally cover one of these numbers because they've had a su such a tough time being north of a touchdown favorite and being able to cover. And look, Greg, the public has been betting the Chiefs. This line has moved up from 14 and a half to 15 and a half. Look, I know the Rams are banged up. Their offense is stagnant. But I feel like this is just too many points. Kansas City has only won two games, Greg, this year. Two by more than 11 points. Four of the last six have been decided by four or, six, or four points or less. I still think the Rams' defense is formidable enough for them not to get blown out. I just don't trust Kansas City to be able to put up that many points even though the Rams offense is a total question mark right now, what we've seen this year, it's just way too many points to lay with anybody. If I had this under two touchdowns, you might be able to get me to buy on Kansas City, but at 15 and a half, I'm still going to take the Rams here. Yep, I'm just, I feel like the Chiefs, they should be able to win this game by, by 21 plus points. I think that they should blow the Rams out of the building, but and you just mentioned it, these double-figure favorites, these seven-plus-point favorites in the NFL, they have not been able to come through. 
I just can't lay this many points myself. So I'm right there with you. I don't know if I'm going to hold my nose and plug and play the Rams, but I just can't lay this many points myself. And one thing that I can't figure out is why this Tennessee team has been just so badly undervalued. Right now we're seeing the Bengals in some spots become as much of a three-point favorite, mostly seeing two and a halfs out there. But with the Tennessee Titans, I've been backing them a lot this season. They've been able to come through. Once again, quarterback play, not terrific for the Tennessee Titans, but Derrick King Henry is still the best running back in the NFL for my money, and I'm willing to take the Tennessee Titans as a home underdog. Not sure if you agree slash disagree here, but I think that this is one of the more fascinating line movements of the week. Favorite play of the week right here is on the Tennessee Titans, a rematch of last year's divisional playoff, where the Titans sacked Joe Burrow, count him one, two, three, nine times <laughs> since he's on their second straight road game against a tough physical defense last week against Pittsburgh, this week against Tennessee. Plus, the Bengals' last two losses came against teams that excel at running the football in the Browns and the Ravens. As you mentioned, Derrick Henry should have a good game, a game where he'll control it. Love Mike Vrabel as a dog. Hate him as a favorite, but I absolutely will take Tennessee plus a two and a half. Sprinkle it on the money line. Tennessee is not losing this revenge game at home this Sunday. Yep, I'm in agreement with you there. I don't understand why the market has been just so low on the Titans all season long, but you know what? I will take it once again. And then when it comes to this game, I think that you got to be sort of prognosticating as to what you're going to be able to get out of the Bears because if Justin Fields plays, I think that they've got a shot to be able to cover the six-point line. If Trevor Simeon is in, I just think that this is absolutely untakeable. This could be a spot where you just wait and see, but right now we're seeing the Jets as a six-point favorite. Really don't like them any less with having Zach Wilson out of the fold, and as a matter of fact, I think that they might respond a little bit better with them being out, but where do you stand on this game? Because I feel like this could be a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach for most. It is a wait-and-see approach, but Greg, tell me a scenario where you want to lay six points with the New York Jets in that offense. Like, Unless the Jets are pitching a shutout here, or only giving up three, seven, nine points in this game. Tell me a scenario where you believe the Jets' offense is good enough to be favored by a touchdown against anybody in this league. Uh, I'll wait and see to see who's starting, but I would it's bears or pass for me. I would never back the Jets laying six points against anybody with that offense, period. Yeah, it's been a rough go of it for the Jets offense. Jets defense has been absolutely terrific. The only way that they give up points apparently is on punt return touchdowns, but man, <laughs> that's going to be a very interesting week and it's a really good week of the NFL. Mark, I know you do a great job covering all forms of football over there at PicksWise. Always appreciate it and happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you. Greg, best to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody have a great night. Mark does absolutely amazing work taking a look at college football along with the NFL. And coming up next, we've got to give you guys a little college basketball and got to give you guys my bets giving bet in terms of what we're taking a look at in the World Cup next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes with DraftKings odds so you can see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just doesn't match up with the public opinion and be able to check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VSIT is here year-round to be able to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game at vsin.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. I was hoping that we would have a resolution in this Vikings game. This is about as up in the air as it gets. So we will try to give you guys my Circa Millions card in hour number three because I did take the Vikings game. So I want to see if it has won or lost before we run down those. And those of you guys listening to a replay, you know exactly how this Patriots versus Vikings game turned out. But that said, what we do have is quite a bit of college basketball for this Friday and We've also got to make a bets giving play in terms of the World Cup as well. Myself and Jason Cotton, we put our minds together because 
Let's call it what it is. Neither of us, I would say, are necessarily the Mona Lisa Vito of soccer betting. And I am very, very willing to admit that. I am not necessarily our soccer sharp, which is why we got Josh Ricker on the show yesterday. We were talking with him about this impactful matchup between U.S. and England. I am not even going to try to give you a breakdown. I know that Pulisic does a relatively solid job for the U.S. And that's about the extent of my soccer knowledge. This is not one that I advise you to blindly tail or anything like that but what we came up with was the draw we had to place this in by thursday night so we took it or we had to place this in by wednesday night we took a plus 320 currently seeing at a plus 360 got a u.s team that they play relatively solid defense going up against an england bunch that it's tough going up against harry kane and company but this is a u.s bunch that is going to be very very motivated we're going to take the draw that is about as far as i'm going to go we are going to hope and pray that this gets through because in bets giving our first bet was the Cowboys versus Giants under. Yeah, that was a good call that didn't get there. And uh, the fact that you had that fourth down call that completely changed the entire complexion of that bet. Because if you punt instead, bad field position, everything like that, the Giants were doing a solid job. And then it went straight down the toilet bowl. It was a good play call. It's just that got Danny Dimes at quarterback for the New York football giants. And well, that was a sad and fiery inferno for that one. So we shall hope to get back on track and then be able to hit some bets this weekend in terms of college football as we're going to have to play one of these big rivalry matches. I believe that it is between Notre Dame and USC. We've also got the Michigan Ohio state game. That's one that myself and my producer, Jason Connor looking at. And then I think the Alabama game is the other one. I might be mistaken on that one, but that was just a game that I was crossing off in general. Probably going to be looking at the under of 56 slash 56 and a half. I just think that you find yourself in relatively good shape on that one. That might change a little bit. If you are a VEASAN subscriber, VEASAN.com slash subscribe, you're going to be able to see all these. And seeing the way that the bets went in day number one of bets giving, seems like a lot of us might be in chase mode. If we could get the draw at plus 320, that'll put us in relatively solid shape of being able to make those that set us at 21 to odd, 20 to one odds here at the Greg Peterson experience be in a pile of doo-doo. So we are hoping to be able to do that. And we are hoping that the U S is able to draw. I always say, I believe that we will, we will win. Can they do that for a draw for us? We would like that. But with that said, when it comes to college basketball, there are no draws in this sport, which is something that I do prefer. Although I will say if they ever do ties after 12 in major league baseball, that's something that I would be very, very thankful for on this Thanksgiving, but I am more thankful for this college basketball action. Let's dive in on it as we've got some relatively solid games. And I think that this one with a pick'em line is one of fascination. 839, 840. It is the Dons of San Francisco on the road facing off against the Davidson Wildcats. Pick'em game totals between 144 and a half and 145. And I like Davidson. I set them as a two and a half point favorite. You've got the Foster Lawyers show in full effect right now for Davidson. He had one rough game against Charleston. He just couldn't water if he fell out of a boat, but by and large, this is a Davidson team that they're very solid in terms of just being able to find open shots. They're slow, but efficient and foster lawyer. I mentioned before, 21 and a half points, nearly six boards, four and a half assists. Now he does turn the ball over a lot, right around four turnovers per game. That's just because he's a very high usage guy. And when it comes to Davidson, 
no doubt this is not going to be a team that they get a lot of offensive rebounds because they really do live and die by the three-point shot. You do have his guy in Sam Menenja, who's been able to do a very good work, 15.5.7.5 board, 6.9 combo player that last season shot over 40% from three. And you're going up against the San Francisco team that I really like their backcourt. They've got solid shooting. They just have come up snake eyes a lot. In terms of a lot, there are three-point shots. You take a look at the San Francisco team, and you've got a good, real, in my opinion, three-headed monster. Khalil Shabazz, Tyrell Ghost-Roberts, and then you're able to throw in there Marcus Williams. Williams just has not been able to get going. He's one of the top freshmen, really, in all of college basketball a few seasons ago while he was at Wyoming. He's averaging six points per game, shooting about 31% from three, has really left something to be desired. And then with Roberts and Khalil Shabazz, they're both averaging a little bit over 14 points per contest, combining for nine rebounds, seven assists, they're shooting in the realm of about 36.5% from three-point range. But the thing with San Francisco is you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of the team night in and night out from the outside. They're either going to go like 13 of 20 or they're going to provide a two of 20 turd. There's really nothing in between with San Francisco. So that's a bit of an issue. And this is also a body clock game. This is a San Francisco team that's playing out there on the East Coast as Davidson based out there in the great state of North Carolina. So 11 a.m. Pacific time tip. Got to wonder how up for it these guys are going to be with San Francisco. They actually have relatively good size. Vladimir Morkovsky really doesn't see a lot of action. He's a north of seven-foot gentleman from the Ukraine. You've got Sabra Gilberbera. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. The gentleman from Georgia Tech. He has been a starter for the team. He's saying seven-foot-one. He's been able to do a solid job for the team as well. The real versatile guy is Josh Kunin. Kunin is actually shooting 45% from three with seven points per game. But I do think that Davidson bringing in David Skogman, who's been able to give the team a few rebounds per contest. That's going to be able to sure things up. And with Davidson as well, you've got a little bit more help than expected around Foster Lawyer as well. Has he been able to get in the realm of about 15 and a half points per game out of Menga, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, but Connor Kachera, the transfer from William Mary Lunk, Grant Huffman. They're combining to be able to give you 19 and a half points, four and a half assists. I do think the Davidson going to be able to get it done on their home floor. One of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball and a team that they play very, very slowly. And I think that for San Francisco, this early start time is going to affect the way that they pop it from three-point range. Semi-total as a result, more around a 140. So going to be taking a look at this total under. And with Davidson, made them more around a two and a half point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to take Davidson as a pick em slash if I get them as a very slight money line underdog, I certainly would sign up for that as well. How about if we have a New York state of mind on this one, 843, 844 on the betting board. It is St. Bonaventure and Notre Dame. This is going to be from UBS Arena and St. Bonaventure, five and a half point underdog. Totals anywhere between 136 and 137. I made Notre Dame more on a nine point favorite. With Notre Dame, it is going to be a little bit of a challenge because St. Bonaventure is actually based out there in the great state of New York. But for Notre Dame, they have been just so efficient this season. They're shooting 84% at the free throw line, 39% from three-point range. They don't turn the ball over. They've got a lot of veteran guards and one-star freshman in J.J. Starlin. Starlin has been able to pump in there for this team, 14 points per contest. But the matchup nightmare here for a St. Bonaventure team that really doesn't have a lot down low. They were relying upon Oshun Oshuni for so long. And with him now being over there at Iowa State, that makes things a little bit tough as they've had to look to someone like a Chad Venning who had four rebounds per game while he was in the MEAC last season as one of their main guys. But with having Nate Lashevsky giving you 19 and a half points, nine rebounds per game at six foot 10, bearing, and I'm not even kidding here, 52 and a half percent from three point range, 88% in the free throw line. Yeah, that's going to hurt you a little bit. And St. Bonaventure, 
They have to replace 99.9% of their scoring from a season ago. That is not a typo. 99.9% of their scoring. And maybe they will have someone like a Cairo Luch come in. He was at Holy Cross last season. He's been solid. 16 points, four boards, six and a half assists per game. It's a Bonnie team that traditionally they don't turn the ball over a ton. 13 turnovers a game. That's a little bit uncharacteristic of them. They've been able to be a little bit more sure-handed recently. You've got Dr. Schmidt, who does a solid job of being able to coach that up. But this team, I think, is going to get plowed on the glass. I think that Leshevsky is going to be able to have his way on that front. It's a St. Bonaventure team that they are sort of in a strength-on-strength battle because Notre Dame does a good job of letting it fly from three. Meanwhile, you've got a St. Bonaventure team that is allowing opponents to shoot 29% from three. But I think with the Bonnies having so many moving parts and Notre Dame having such a distinct style and having a lot of guys that have played with each other for quite a while, their style is going to win out. And I do think that it is going to be a little bit more of a defense-oriented battle. Both of these teams very slow in their tempo. So one lay up to nine with Notre Dame. Semi total more around to 135. So I'm going to be looking at the under and we're going to be taking a look at this pro tip for this hour of the Greg Peterson Experience. Visa.com slash subscribe for all of these. And it's a simple one, but it's an important one. Check house rules when you have calamities happen in games, something like a change in location. When it comes to Major League Baseball, a game that is called after seven games, a lot of books have different rules. If you're unsure of something, when it comes to something strange in terms of your bet, check house rules, reach out to someone perhaps with the company as well. And coming up next here on the Greg Peterson Experience, looking at some college basketball for Friday here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 